Hey there, Doc Hello. It's me, the host, Bob Sham, and you're listening to the Documenteers Podcast, the podcast about documentary movies where myself and a friend discuss and judge a different documentary each week. And this month, a lot of shit had to get flipped around, so Stuart came in to record his first episode in over 20-something episodes. And what have we got? Yet another New York-centric documentary. New York is very well represented this month. Long Island a couple weeks ago, a lot of Harlem last week, and today the Bronx, the 70s Bronx, posts some city construction that drew a segregated dividing line from the Bronx to the rest of the city, following some classic cases of white flight. In that wake popped up gangs, lots of them, and from that turmoil, we led right into the creation of one of America's most vibrant and influential musical genres. Stuart and I discuss Rubble Kings by Shan Nicholson, and I had to rent this one, could not find a streaming app version, but it's a valuable piece of NYC history if you haven't watched it. Next week on the show, we begin Listener Request Month with a docuseries we've been meaning to get to for a while. We return to Errol Morse's bosom for his series on conspiracy and brainwashing, I think, and I'm excited to get to it. Angela and I will be finally discussing Errol's net Flick series, Wormwood, and you'll want to be there for all that shady shit next week on The Documenteers. The snippiest of music clip pre-show credits go to the following artists. The Ghetto Brothers, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, Rupert Holmes, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and Africa Bombada. So yeah, this show is a nice beat and you can dance to it. You'll just have to wait to see how Paul and Ringo fit into the discussion of 70s South Bronx gangs. Oh, yeah, and uh, fucking Fog Hat as well. <laughs> Dogmeaterspodcast.com for more about us and past episode ratings. Five stars and a written review on Apple Podcasts helps spread the word about the show. We are so desperate for those, I gotta be honest. The amount of reviews we have in correlation to the amount of people listening each week is extremely low. If everyone who listened did a review, we would probably be good on reviews for a long time. But seriously, if you like the show, then please do that. I don't need your money. There will be plenty of time for that in the future when we finally get to a Patreon. Right now, I need subscriptions, recommendations, and five stars and some nice reviews on the goddamned Apple Podcasts. It's hard to grow without those. If you've got an iPhone, then you got Apple Podcasts. I don't listen to podcasts on that shit either. But I do review podcasts I like on that because I know how helpful it is. So help me out. This takes a long time to put together. That takes very, very little time. Thank you. Let's get into this episode of me and Stuart talking with great authority about street gangs. and all. There's a lot of Nashville talk, too. That's our home base, in case you didn't know. All right? You probably knew that. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. The Bronx was like a world of its own. In the early 70s, man, crime was like the major income of the Bronx. In the Bronx, it was a deep-rooted gang culture. There were gangs literally in every corner. The violence was everywhere. You could feel the tension in the air. You could see the fights across the street. You could hear the shouts in the nighttime.
Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome for filling in. Um, listeners may recognize Stuart from a while back. Hey. Everything has gone wrong this month. He happens to have bought me food for sex. And I asked him uh, if he wanted to do this, this movie, this film that we're discussing today. What's the closest, Stuart, that you've been to like gang activity or being a, a, doing gang activity? I don't know, like, you know, typical suburban hoodlum yeah. escapades. You're like a, like maybe like a good old-fashioned mailbox basher. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I toilet papered somebody. Have you ever toilet papered? Steal some valve caps off fancy cars, maybe. Have you ever stole antidepressants from your relatives? Maybe. Hmm. No, I don't know if I got... I mean, I had those. Yeah, right. You didn't need to steal them. You were handed to them. They were handed to They were force-fed to me. Yeah. Uh, did you ever carry a gun? Have you ever touched a gun? Yeah, I mean, like, not a real gun. Oh, yeah. Have you ever touched a squirt gun? That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, dog. Never touched that cold still, bro? Never had it up in them drawers? Ready to pop out at a moment's notice? Is that how it was in Southside? I think so. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be rough there just by the name. Southside. Southside. Which uh, North Bronx white gang would you have been a part of? Would it have been uh, the War Pigs, the Golden Guineas, the Grateful Dead, the Aliens, the Estelle Gettys, or Junior KKK? Uh, probably uh, the uh, Pink Pink Giuseppes. <laughs> hey, were there Jewish? They didn't mention any Jewish gangs. Do you think there were Jewish gangs? There seemed to be, this movie paints it like all of New York was gang affiliated. Well, they kind of talk about Jews at the very beginning, right? And they're like, uh, all the Jews left. Yeah. And then we started some gangs. And the, well, the Beastie Boys have a picture cameo. I think that's... Were the Beastie Boys Jewish? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So they showed up and they're like, hey, we're here. Hey, rock the house party at the drop of a hat. I beat the party people with aluminum bats. <laughs> R.I.P. MCA. R.I.P. MCA and uh, Beck. What Beck? Yeah, Beck died. No, did he? No. Oh. <laughs> I heard he's by tri- the time of this broadcast. Oh, what if he does? Yeah. I have it again with one of my famous predictions. You remember? You remember when I used to come on and make predictions? Oh, yeah, yeah. I predict. You still can. The death of Beck. Oh, wow. One of our episodes happened to have brought up Neil Peart. Yeah. And we recorded it like a month before he died. Yeah. When he died, then two days later, an episode drops where he's mentioned. Oh, no. Well, every time we mention a celebrity from now, we should just predict their death. Shit. God. (laughs) I predict the death of Africa Bombada. Holy shit. (laughs) Sorry, uh, Danny Glover. I shouldn't have mentioned your name. It's not looking good. Rubble Kings. That's what we're talking about. Yes. We're talking about the film Rubble Kings by Shan Nicholson. Yes, please. Which is all about the surge of gangs in 70s New York City. Specific, throughout it, but specifically concentrated on the Bronx. But your Brooklyn's, your Harlem's, various Manhattan's. Get the North Bronx. Yeah, North Bronx. Your Queens. Your Queen boys. Yeah, yeah, like Trump's gang. Yeah. Buffalo, New York had some gangs. 
Yeah, uh, Drew had his gang he was in, Long Island gang. Yeah, yeah, like the Beach Bums. Our pizza's better than Nashville gang. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. What a weird flex. Our pizza's better than Nashville's pizza. (laughs) It's like, yeah, probably. Ooh, we got the best pizza. We'll stab you if you think Nashville's got better pizza than we do. We'll fucking cut you. You know, we have a lot going on here, but we're not flexing here in Nashville. It's not like we're like, we got the best fried chicken and hockey. I mean, we might. We kind of got, yeah, well, hockey. Ooh, it's a rough season. I don't know if you've heard. About the football, though. Doing good there, right? Yeah, they did do good, but they didn't quite make it to the end. But they did do good. What about, uh, what else are we doing? These are all gangs. Titans, Predators. These are local <laughs> gangs. <laughs> local Nashville gangs. That are paid obscene amounts of money. Yeah, we keep them keep them in stadiums now, so you can't get out and wreck, wreck yeah. havoc. Remember, you ever see the movie The Warriors? Yeah. Can you dig it? 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 <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> That's what's happening, man. That was, I think that was probably a, a, a black, black, what do they call him? Black Benji. Black Benji? Right? That guy's Black Benji. Oh, so he was, he repped Black Benji. I would have thought karate, maybe like a Karate Charlie, because Karate Charlie and the other Benji founded the Ghetto Brothers. Mm-hmm. They seemed like the type that would try to talk to large groups of people at parties. Yeah, Black Benji was in that. You can picture Karate Charlie like everyone's just at a party. And then Karate Charlie's the guy that stops the music and just has a big speech for everyone. That'd be great. <laughs> I love those kind of parties. Yeah. Stop the music. Speech. Record scratch. We need more parties like that where someone just stops the music, doesn't yeah. ask anyone, just gives a big speech or like a lecture. Yeah. Saying how you shouldn't be doing that cocaine in that back room. Or... Yeah, be like. All right, listen, everybody, stop voting for Bernie Sanders, all right? Whoa, Whoa that's not the kind of conversation <laughs> we're oh, trying to God. have at this party. Yeah, have you heard about this guy, Pete Buttigieg, man? <laughs> I don't know. I can really relate to his ass, Jack. <laughs> I heard he used to work for McKenzie or something. That sounds dope as hell. That's right, Jack. I'm the one black person that votes for him, Jack. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I love uh, corporate consulting. Yeah, Jack, have you tried corporate consulting, Jack? <laughs> those encamp, those immigration encampments need some budget cuts, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> they got too much medicine, Jack. <laughs> we need to cut that shit. Bread too cheap, Jack. I could be Puerto Rican too. I don't know. Duh. <laughs> Got one off the rails there. The Bronx, Stewart is wrecked. There's gangs on every corner, says people in this movie. A lot of talking heads here, but they're all dressed in their old colors. Everybody is still kind of wearing that style. The Bronx, they say, is going to be bathed in blood. Some shit's going to, has gone down. That means shit's going to go down. Have you ever bathed in blood? Uh yeah, Nashville style. You know. <laughs> Nashville style hot chicken. Bathe in blood. blood. Well, the way you bathe in blood, Nashville style is put a slice of white bread under your butt when you sit down in the tub and pour the blood on top. 
Dan put a pickle on your head. Our goal for this episode is that to all that whenever anyone mentions the Bronx or Harlem, <laughs> that they also think about the city of Nashville. <laughs> we want these to be connected. That's what we're going for in this episode. I mean, yeah, think about it. Yeah, man, just think about it is all we're saying. <laughs> just think about it. Why aren't they talking about it? That's yeah. what I want to know. How come the people in the Bronx aren't constantly referencing the city of Nashville? This needs to change. You know, back in the 60s, the Bronx was quite a diverse place. Instead of it being the place where New York pushes all its poverty because mm. every place else is completely unaffordable. unaffordable right. Unless you're willing to live in an apartment about the size of this studio room with five people. Yeah. Bronx had black and white. and I mean, it was a lot of middle class, a lot of, a lot of Jewish communities. Yeah. Then the 60s came and things started getting gentrified. And this dude named Robert Moses was this big developer. He made a lot of promises in the city. And um, what he did was he built this interstate that basically put a line between the Bronx and the majority of the rest of the city. So the slow burn gentrification of the rest of the city could go while the Bronx is still, the Bronx has, you know, the reputation of today. Not really as much of a roving gang reputation as this time, but still uh, where a lot of New York's poverty has been pushed out to. Well, it's still cut off. If you go there, it's like that one subway line that's just crowded with people and you're waiting forever to get a ride out of the Bronx. On the subway. Because there's just, is there just not many functioning lines going in and out? Yeah, there's like one or two. What about people going to Yankees games and shit? That's in the Bronx, right? Uh, I guess that's when it gets the most crowded. I think that's Queens. No, no, no. The Mets are, I believe, in Queens. Pretty Uh, sure. Where is LaGuardia? That's Queens. LaGuardia is like Queens. That's where the Mets are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess everybody's driving to the Yankees. Yankees, maybe. Or Yankees (laughs) is uh, in the Bronx, traditionally. Let me tell you about New York, and you tell me about Nashville. Okay, I, I will. The result of this becomes, uh, Bronx becomes more impoverished. Things become more black and Puerto Rican. Uh, the mixture, the North Bronx still has a lot of white people in it, but South Bronx is starting to develop a lot of a lot of problems. It's like it, it's been segregated off from everything. The South Bronx, it has all the superlatives. Highest crime, poorest people, greatest unemployment, worst blight, and the world's record for arson. In just 10 years, more than 30,000 buildings have been set ablaze and abandoned here. And what was that about, a gorilla caucus? Caucus? What about the gorilla caucus? There was a gorilla caucus, uh, had its uh, head ripped off. Well, this morning on the way into work, we had a report that the uh, police had located a caucus on, uh, in a street on 172nd and Bryant. It turned out to be a uh, stripped carcass of a gorilla. It was headless and the uh, fur was removed, the skin was removed. South Bronx. <laughs> Shit. And all the fur was ripped off? Now these names, gangs start popping Caucus. up. What's your favorites? Uh, the Imperial Bachelors, the Savage Nomads, um, the Hitmen, the Black Spades, the Assassinators, the Savage Skulls. Keep going. Let's see. Oh, I can't actually. Hold on. <laughs> the Dirty Ones. Caucus. Young Dynamite. Caucus. The Roman Kings. Caucus. Harlem Turks. Caucus. The Turbans. The White Ones, of course. Grateful Dead. Golden Guineas. Ebony Dukes. Uh, 
Let's see. There's more. Give Devils, some... Rebels. Yeah, keep going. The Mongols, Black Spades. Hold on. The Javelins, the Young Sinners. Caucus. <laughs> the Donald Trumps, the Herculoids. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, you didn't mention one of the biggest ones. <laughs> the Ghetto Brothers. There you go. Now, the, the Ghetto Brothers... Uh, uh, yellow, binge, yellow, Benji. They called him Yellow. Yellow and then Benji. Kar- and then Karate Charlie. <laughs> Karate Charlie. Karate yeah. Charlie was a trip. You know, every everybody was obsessed with... Uh, Bruce Lee was huge in the 70s. Yeah. Everyone was fucking obsessed with... Yeah. And I think it went well into the 80s, because I remember being a kid being like... Oh, yeah. There was, this actu- there was this kid that was like... He was only into karate. They made like a series of films about him. I can't remember what, the, what, what his name was. Did you know him personally? No, but he was like something like the something kid. Jackie uh, Chan. Uh, he had this guy like Mister something, Mister My Maya 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 Goey Maya Mister Maya Goey. Okay, right. And uh, uh, look, you're talking about the Karate Kid. There he is. He would do the crane. With yeah, Mister Miyagi, yeah. who was uh, a Hawaiian dude, I think. Yeah. See, that's that's kind of like. What we did in Nashville, you know. Did you did you take karate classes when you were a kid? Oh yeah, Nashville is really big in karate. <laughs> the, the whole they call it the karate city USA. <laughs> Everyone was into karate. I thought Bruce Lee was one of the Yeah, well, you know, you get a slice of wonder bread, put it in your back pocket, <laughs> chop some pickles, you know, with your hand. Karate chop pickle. Karate chop pickle. Pickles of white bread. You karate chop pickles of white bread and you serve And then serve you it. just uh, drench yourself in lard. and. <laughs> so the story of Benji yeah. meeting Karate Charlie. It was like, hey, I don't know what to make of you. And then, all right, we're bros. Thus the Ghetto Brothers was born. Yeah. Now the Ghetto Brothers were not like, it seems like they could rumble if they needed to rumble, but they had other things. I think the thing is the Black Panthers had come on strong and the drug the drug epidemic hit in New York City yeah. during this time and a lot of the messages were getting just people were being decimated by the and of course the drug war starting to tick up as well especially in the 80s it goes full fever so the Ghetto Brothers kind of picked up a lot of the philosophies and filled in the voids that in which and of course the Black Panthers are always leadership there was heavily pursued by government agencies and shit. Yeah. So that definitely was a big part of why its influence diminished. We actually talked about the Black Panthers last week in Black Power Mixtape. I highly recommend that film. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And so the Ghetto Brothers kind of filled that void. So they not only, you know, look tough, but they also maybe help the neighborhood out and uh, help broker peace between other gangs. They were ones that didn't have to go hard but were respected by many of the other gangs and would at least be heard out when they needed to be. But during this time, the police estimated tens of thousands of gangs. These guys kicked you and cursed you and spit on you and urinated on you and then showed you this is who did it. We get interviews with people like... Weren't you charged with shooting a policeman? Yeah. That's the last time I got busted. They told me we're going to catch you one of these nights and we're going to kill you. Some people would say they'd be very worried if someone told them that. Why Why? Why don't you? Because, you know, if I'm going to die, you know, let it happen now, then later. If a gang ran your block yeah. and, and you got old, when you got old enough, 
you had to run with that gang. Like, you didn't have a fucking choice. So it's like, oh, that's who you are. To them, it was like, the gang life feels like right or wrong didn't matter when it came to defending your turf and your respectability as a gang member. The styles. I kind of thought everyone looked cool as shit. Yeah, well, we had a similar thing going on in Nashville, you know. <laughs> uh, where I grew up, uh, suburb, Brentwood. We had Brentwood G's. You know, that was the real. The Brent Woodies, I think you guys were called. Yeah, we had a lot of aliases because we had to keep chaining so the man wouldn't catch us. Brentwood's a, a fairly affluent area outside of Nashville for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, just to translate down south, affluent means rough as hell. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't want to fuck with Stuart. If anyone's got any problems with anything that we're saying, Stuart will fuck you up if you, like, come at me or anything. Like, he'll fuck you up. Yeah, you hear that? The Brent, don't come at us. Don't fuck with a Brentwoody. <laughs> Don't come, don't don't come down here. We'll just change our name. We'll be a new alias. Yeah, you'll be like, what? What happened to Documenteers? Now it's uh, Docking Time. I'm and warning you. We'll if you get in it. my face, I'm gonna run away. Okay. <laughs> you'll be hearing from our lawyers. Oh, there's also the one percenters, the bike gang. They really popularized the bicycle crew. I wonder if the one percenters started in New York. I guess. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with the uh, Occupy movement? No, I don't think so. so. They were going after they were like Sega's motorcycle gangs. Yeah, no, they, it was all about the corporatocracy and. Um, so those guys became super wealthy, like corporate honchos. Maybe some of them did. Damn. Maybe. Damn. So that's why Trump's got those bikers for Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're all about. They're not just tired old white dudes who have co-opted some other like tough guy persona. Right, okay. They're there for, they're like hard asses for yeah. Trump. Like soft patch dudes who aren't tested and think they're soft cool. Soft patch? Soft patch. Those are my favorite cookies. You like the soft patch cookies? The Chips Ahoy? <laughs> That's our sponsor. Really? You guess our sponsor. Fuck yeah. Nice, dog. Man, some of these bike gangs, like they would wear swastikas and, and shit. That is inappropriate. It, it definitely is. These black dudes walking around wearing swastikas, their asses would get canceled that one guy that was wearing the swastika right now, he's a community activist, right? I don't. No one was wearing swastikas in current talking head format. Right, but you saw pictures of them before, and then yeah, it was all about like shock value for them. And I gotta say, you see a, a big ass black dude, and he's wearing a swastika armband. Yeah, what could possibly scream more? Don't fuck with me. That's like uh, if you remember growing up in the eighties, because it's like the influence of that was in the culture. You know? Mostly, yeah. And it was like shock value, like you'd see swastikas on MTV all the time. <laughs> That's I don't I don't remember that. You ever see that Dire Straight video? I want my MTV, and there'd be like swastikas everywhere. I remember Billy Idol wore like a Confederate flag T-shirt. Billy Eilish. Billy Idol. <laughs> Do you mean Billy? I might be getting my superstars confused. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Allegedly, Billie Eilish is walking around wearing a Confederate flag t-shirts. Yeah, is wow. it Billie Eilish? I don't know. They could see them both doing Or Idol. They both sound so similar. Sid Vicious walked around wearing a swastika. That's Nashville style. That's, That's all Nashville. they're doing. Not knowing what you're talking about. That's so Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> well, just put on a Confederate flag and don't know what you're talking about. That's Nashville style. Women were involved in the gangs, too, and they would hoard guns because sexism made cops and shit think, oh, they're just dainty females. Uh, they probably don't have, like, needles or guns on but them. But they were, they, were, they were packing. They were packing all the guns. 
Women are, they, the very few times women are mentioned in here, they are like spoken of in a reverential way. But still they are, as far as being referenced at all, they're barely, it's still very minimal. I blame John Leguizamo. <laughs> you think it's his fault? Well, the narrator? Yeah, he would have talked about it. If right, he, John Leguizamo. If he cared. I mean, he was in charge. Hmm. It was his what, documentary. Wait, you think it was like he was leading it? Yeah, he's probably like, I'm not talking about any women. Not the director, Shan Nicholson. By colluding together, you know? Look, if John Leguizamo's got a problem with anything I say, I'll, I'll go hide and Stuart will fuck two, him up. Two words. Fake news. Whoa. That's what you got. That's what I'm saying. You got to call when you see it. They had an initiation if you want to get into these gangs. And some were like, they varied in terms of intensity. But uh, but a common one was called the Apache line. You'd have to walk down this line, a, but a line of gang members, two lines, and you got to walk between them. The so, Apache line. The Apache line. And some some gangs would be like, we're just going to like punch the shit out of you while you walk through this. You're basically going to get beat up. Other gangs would be like, okay, I'm going to hit you with a bat or a pipe or a chain. And they talked about um, one gang, the Savage Skulls. Their Apache line involved a dude flicking the chamber with one bullet, plopping it, pointing it at you, and pulling the trigger. Like okay. Russian roulette at the end. If you can survive the chains and the bats, then you would get the Russian roulette test. So if that is as true as they say, a lot of people fucking just straight up died in uh, the Savage Skulls. Just I think in the he was making that up. You think I'm making it up? No, I think that guy was just making that up i mean because he didn't he referenced it to another gang you know what it wasn't his gang. that was the guy from the ghetto brothers yeah yeah that's right they're so, like oh the savage skulls you don't want to fuck with them but uh you know nashville gangs had their own apache line yeah but it would be like instead of a that it would be like you'd you'd walk down line and like everybody in the line would have a fried uh Twinkie and you'd have to eat each fried Twinkie <laughs> and some of the gangs that have goo goo clusters other gangs that have moon like pies. <laughs> moon pies <laughs> and like you wouldn't get an RC Cola until you got to the end of the line you'd be parched or or you'd you know you'd feel like you're gonna die from all the sugar and there, the fat well there's this one local gang called the Shoney Bears Shoney Bears and they their thing would be you have to eat every piece of the breakfast buffet at Shoney's mm-hmm. like you have to eat like a big chunk of it one of everything yeah and if you clear your line. plate you're in the Shoney Bears yeah they'd take over like you'd go to your local Shoney's and you'd see like an Apache line of the Shoney Bears and they'd yeah you wouldn't be able to get to the breakfast bar because they'd just be doing Apache lines all day yeah and it's like god come on they Apache line the shit out of that but you could always buffet. recommend like you could always recognize them because they literally just wore like a stained white t-shirt and no pants. Yeah. Every member. Aroused. You don't want you. Fully engorged at all times. I'm telling you, you go in that Shoney's, you see those guys in the, in the Shoney bears, you know, you're out. You don't want to, you can't eat. No. After seeing that, that's disgusting. With a broken jaw. Yeah, with the broken jaw from one of the Shoney Bear Buffet. All you can hit is those wet, egg, those gross wet eggs. Nashville style. Uh, the Ghetto Boys, their initiation was they put on a 45, lasts about three minutes long. Yeah. They'd beat you up while the record plays. Yeah, three guys. You have to fight three guys. What Stevie Wonder songs do you think people got the shit kicked out of them to? <laughs> well, Sir Duke, I guess. <laughs> Where the 
Sly and the Family Stone song. Getting beat up to a Sly song. That'd be weird. And every time you hear that song, you're like, flashback. Yeah. <laughs> you could make it if you try. Oh my God. I got the shit kicked out of me to this song. <laughs> If you like pina colada Getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a brain <laughs> That's the one, right? Yeah, like fog, getting beat up to a fog hat song This is my decision another good 70s song you get beat up to any of some of maybe Paul McCartney's solo stuff coming up coming up Maybe uh, Ringo Starr's photograph. You ever been beat up to Ringo Starr's song photograph? Simply having wonderful oh, God. time. <laughs> the mood is right. Boom, boom. Now they had uh, positions in these gangs. You got president and vice president. They're the figureheads, obviously. Then you got the warlords. Warlords were like guys who were like, all right, the war breaks down. We're mm-hmm. going to do this with chains on yeah. this block down here. Yeah. Then you had Gestapo. Oh, yeah. Which were ficklers for the for street rules and yeah. would be guys that would exact uh, punishment. On their own members. Yeah, often. But one crew, the Roman kings, they were kids. Like, they were strictly a bunch of kids. They had guns. And they, yeah, they talk about how they would just fucking kill you for, for nothing. The Ghetto Brothers begin to grow. And they actually have a pretty positive message. They're kind of a gang that maybe your mom wouldn't mind so much. Because maybe they kept, they kept the streets safe. Yeah. They helped out your cousin who was a junkie. They helped him get off some stuff. Like I said, they were inspired and kind of filled the void of a lot of the old Black Panther programs that were utilized to kind of help out their own communities considering... Mm-hmm. The system and the government weren't, government weren't doing it. Coke brothers. Karate Charlie was a former Marine. He brought discipline to it, as well as karate. And then the Ghetto Brothers also had a branch devoted to music. same time this positive stuff was going on and the ghetto brothers were representing maybe more peaceful solutions to these communities more self-governing solutions to these wrecked communities gang violence was also really growing because there was just so many gangs and they were all flipping the fuck out also there's drug epidemics going on so violence kind of centered around 
the acquisition and money surrounding that, mm-hmm. and your run-of-the-mill turf wars. You go past this fucking trash can wearing these colors, and we're going to beat you up and take your jacket and put it on our club wall like a trophy. And they talked about how if you were killed, you would be very quickly replaced, but the ambulances wouldn't come to the ghettos. It was a lawless time. Listen, if somebody got killed on Hewitt Place, their body stayed there. You know, an ambulance wouldn't dare come and pick that body up. The police came in riot gear to take that body out there, and they didn't do an investigation. They took that body out there as quick as possible because they didn't want to get it. You could imagine that some of these bodies were just never even bothered to be identified if they were just probably never identified at all. Ghetto Brothers tried to facilitate peace, and they brought in... Uh, multiple gangs, including the Mongols and the Black Spades. And they wanted to kill some of the, like, Roman king, because apparently those kids are popping off hard. And a guy named Benji, Cornell Benjamin, not the Benji that founded, not Yellow, but the the peaceful Benji, was killed trying to negotiate peace. The crowd was just revved up. They didn't want peace, and they yeah. cut, and they stabbed him in the gut. South Bronx yeah, loses its ever-loving fucking mind. Yeah, it's almost war everywhere. And everyone's so pissed about Cornell Benjamin getting killed. It seems like these the actions that facilitated his death are now these actions that want revenge for like killing him. Like, what were they going for the gang that killed Benji? Or it just right. it just seemed like people were just losing their shit and just burning up anything around them. And if they go into the even the gang that killed Benji, if they go into that neighborhood. What they're wrecking is like other people's like shops and homes. It's like not every aspect. These people are forced into these gang positions. So the people who are hurting the worst are never the gangs because they're prepared and willing to accept like the destruction and the violence. It's sad shit all around. But the Ghetto Brothers uh, recognize this. I keep almost calling them the Ghetto Boys. Oh, that, keep, yeah, that's a great band. Yeah, classic band. The little guy. You know, if it wasn't for this story, the Ghetto Boys might not be around. They were probably inspired by the Ghetto Brothers. Whoa. Maybe they're in the Ghetto Brothers. Maybe they are. Bushwick Bill. Was Bushwick <laughs> Bill in the Bronx at this time? Where's Bushwick? Mm. That's in Brooklyn. That's right. But Bushwick was from Houston, Fifth Ward. Oh, really? Yeah, the Ghetto Boys were from Houston. Now we're talking about Houston. Houston style. What's Houston style? Cheating at baseball. <laughs> We touch a nerve for some Houston listeners out there. Karate Charlie plots. He could, he went up to Benji's mother and brought like a bunch of gangs. Was like, yo, we're going to go fuck this shit up. And Benji's mother was like, I thought my son died for peace. What are you doing? Bringing like hordes of armed men. And that's the one thing that got through. Because you always get through to Karate Charlie with words. That's right. Because he didn't know what to do with them. He's like, damn. Some people tried uh, spitting. And fighting Karate Charlie, that didn't get through to him. No one thought to put together letters and consonants into a sentence yeah. to talk to Karate Charlie. But he plots a peace treaty. When we have static, man, we settle out among ourselves, man. Because, like, wow, we got to live in this district. The whitey don't come down here, man, and live in the fucked up houses, man. The whitey don't come down here, man, and have all the fucked up fucking no heat in the fucking winter time. You understand? We do, Jack. So, therefore, like, wow, we got to make it a better place to live. You understand? And it seems to be going well because he has to say that the real enemies that are facilitating their environments are not each other. I mean, they're not making it better, but there's a system that has a special interest in keeping their their culture and their neighborhoods down. 
And I think in the wake of all that, it, it was almost like a case of things got to get worse before they get better. Treaty was agreed and violence actually waned. And then something started to happen. Get a little ants in their pants. Yeah. Well, fire ants in your pants. So what do you do? You shake your legs. You shake your waist. Yeah. You maybe meet up with other people. You go, look, we used to fight each other, but now we fucking get the fuck down. Yeah. Because we had a peace treaty. A peace treaty means pelvic thrusting in a good way. Take a piece of this treaty. I wonder if they invited the North Bronx folk. Nah, probably not. Probably not. Let them burn. You don't want to look. Maybe you're trying to get back the, get away from the old uh, junior KKK days. You know. <laughs> and then you're bringing out in these big jam sessions, and gangs would come around. Yeah, man, it was it was bumping, and gangs would come around by the hundreds, but they were intermingling with each other. Mm-hmm. It was it was described as being by a former gang member as a great relief. You could just be around. And this sense of self-worth that was starting to become instilled, people were starting to become proud of their Puerto Rican culture, their black culture. And it started shifting into like a yeah. DJ culture right. where, where chain fights, gunfights transitioned into dance battles. Right. Have you ever danced at anyone? It's like the DJ too. The DJ would have two turntables fighting instead of, you know, fighting it's with somebody. He'd be like, let me fight these two songs. Which, 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 which. Yeah. Right? And then the guy, he'd want to break something. But instead of breaking something, he'd break dance. You know, there have been several times in my life where I've been reprimanded for dancing too aggressively. And I, I point out, I educate them on the history of the Bronx and the transition from gang violence into uh, Mike and dance battles. Yep. I don't know if that cat can be heard. And then you have a... Uh... You know, Nashville style break dancing yeah. is a we call it line dancing. Yeah. It's where you dance in a line. Apache line dancing. An Apache line. Yeah. Yeah. You dance and eat. At the same where we time. like do we put our hands on our hips like a like a finger in our jean pocket, so we do like leg flips, but then we gain momentum, the Apache line dancing, and then we just kick each other in the balls real hard. <laughs> cool Herc starts to pop up, one of the earliest in the golden age of rap. And he's coming around with these big fucking speakers, bro. Yep. Then you got folks like Breakout and uh, all your golden age rap favorites, including Africa Bombada. You ever heard of this guy? Uh, no, not. Is there anything on, on the internet about him that you can look up? <laughs> well, uh, he's he's got some songs that are very good. He he formed the uh, he he transitioned the Black Spades into the Zulu Nation, which attempted to kind of do a lot of what the ghetto brothers were doing in their later stages and um yeah and now this movie came out in like what 2011 i think somewhere like around 2010s yeah. early 2010s yep and in april 26 a bronx political activist by the name of ronald savage accused bombada of molesting him in 1980 <laughs> this was said to happen when ronald savage was 15 years old and since these allegations came out, three more men have accused Bombada of sexual abuse. And uh, Bombada denies the statements. Uh, I believe, yeah. So at the Zulu Nation, apparently a lot of kids would hang too. So Africa's got some accusations. And KRS-One was confronted once and said something along the lines of like, so fucking what? <laughs> and then he kind of had to walk things back. I don't know. 
it seems like you really got to be into this or want to know what African Bombada is up to to be able to pull this up. This is an information in, in our Me Too era that is really being shoved out there. But it is out there, and he does have those allegations. Yeah, Ronan Farrow, where you at? Yeah, it's time to... Yeah, Ronan. Listen, Ronan Farrow, we need you to take a train into the Bronx. South Bronx. Ronan, get to the mind. Bronx. And start asking a lot of questions about the Zulu Nation and African Bombada. Show up down there, figure it out. Now, Ronan, we know you're from a privileged background. Personally, I think you're one of the good ones. I'm excited to read your book about the Weinstein thing. But yeah, step out of your Manhattan apartment, get on the train, buy an apartment in the South Bronx. Take a subway to the Bronx. Yeah. It'll take you two hours or something. Walk the streets and start asking a lot of questions about Africa Bombada. Sexual assaults, assaults on young underage boys. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. And one, New Yorker buddies help you. One dude pointed out that how you knew things were changing away from that gang style or from the gang frenzy was how you could talk to girls from other neighborhoods and other races and people wouldn't just lose their shit on you. And that was like a sign that like, oh, this really is changing into something else. The drug epidemic would go well into the 80s and the crackdown would increase by government agencies like tenfold. I think a lot of this time, a lot of um, the police were just content to let impoverished neighborhoods just kill each other off. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there was a lot of concern about that kind of shit. Uh, but then in the 80s, you're like, wait, we can make money feeding young black men and Puerto Rican men into a prison system if we do the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. So there was always that specter looming throughout this time but these street parties would turn into rap hip-hop and what is graffiti graffiti break dancing graffiti bridge isn't that a prince movie yeah turned into the movie by prince yeah and everybody knows break dancing and that is one of the biggest genres in the world today. yeah break dancing we all sit around and just watch break dance movies break Break in, break in two, electric we're, boogaloo. We're still wearing cloth headbands. We all wear cloth headbands now. I haven't taken this off since 1988. I still wear my chin strap hat. Stuart. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. It's very helpful. What are you going to do? You know, it's Nashville style, you know? Coming in and coming doing in, a podcast. Sitting on a piece of Wonder Bread. Mm-hmm. Putting a pickle on my head. Yeah, man. Covering myself in... Lard. Okay. <laughs> so Paprika. You're so slippery. <laughs> and cayenne pepper. <laughs> and then throwing me in the deep fryer. Nashville style. Yeah, dog. How'd you yeah. know my fantasy? <laughs> Stuart, we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale. We rate them in a Her- Werner Herzog rating scale. Can you imagine if he directed this? Oh, man, that'd be sick as hell. I wish he was narrating this instead of Leguizama. That would be great, actually. (laughs) You can give this one through five Herzogs. I'm going to give it one through five Herzogs. Combine them for best out of ten. And that is how Rubble Kings will be judged. What did you think of the film Rubble Kings by Shan Nicholson? You know, it was pretty good, but I'm going to do my, like, okay, here's my breakdown is I'm going to give it a Herzog for each thing I like about it. So, Ghetto Brothers... You know, for interesting foils, so get get one Herzog there, All right? And then another separate Herzog for the Ghetto Brothers music, 
which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun stuff. It's, you know, a lot uh, of drumming. And then uh, third for uh, just all the scenes of uh, Bronx craziness. Yeah, a lot of piles of masonry. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. I don't know if I have another Herzog in me. Just three. Just three. You're going to give it three? Because, uh, you know, I can't, you know, there's too many. The other one I would give to the narration, but I can't, so I got to take that away. Mm. You know, because Linguiziamo, it sounded like he was trying to, like, he was, like, reading ad copy or something. Like, Kinda, he just yeah. gotten hired that day, and sure. he could barely read the sentences. Yeah, maybe the least important aspect of the film, truly. Did it really need narration? I felt like, for me, it just kind of floated on by. Like, I was more well, invested it, in the visuals and the interviews. It sounded like he was doing the tryout for America's Most Wanted or something like that. You, know? <laughs> you just have the talking heads telling the story. Really. That's true. And for a talking heads doc, it's pretty good. So you give it three out of five. That's right. A lot of this seemed fucking cool to me. Culturally, it seems so cool. Like, even when they're talking about violent shit, I was kind of like... Man, those jackets are cool. It'd be cool to roll with, say, the... Uh, Junior KKK? No, not, not that one. The Black Spades. Or the Ghetto Brothers seem pretty legit. But... That's where I'd be, because they're, they're about the music and peace. They seem to be the most accessible in terms of... Um, Toughing the community. Yeah, yeah. The, the history of it is interesting. And the way it leads into a very popular form of music, I mean... The history, the birth of the golden age of rap is pretty well known in the New York. It's often black and Puerto Rican uh, street and house parties coming together mm -hmm. for DJ battles and mic battles. And, and that, and that it's kind of cool that like all that came from violence. Like I said before, something got really bad and then it turned into something that was actually pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like a lot of fun to me. So I think I give it a solid four. I feel like I'm giving a lot of things a four lately, but I feel like this is a pretty good four. I would agree that the Leguizamo narration didn't do much for me. And I also really liked that this was only an hour and ten minutes long because considering how much I had to reschedule this month, <laughs> it's it's nice not having to sit for like two and a half hours on something. It's like they wanted an episode. It's like they made it and they're like, maybe the documenteers yeah. will come around. They're going to need this when they're desperate to fill in some vacancies in their <laughs> podcast and schedule. Well, you hit the nail on the head, but you take my four combined with your three, and that is a total of seven out of ten Herzogs. That sounds pretty good to me. A very great story, but nothing really reinvents the wheel here. But there's a lot of cool visuals and a lot of good music to keep you going. And it ain't too long, so it's worth your time. Mm -hmm. So, And a story like this could probably be like, you could see somebody stretching it out to like three hours, you know. And they, it, it really was kind of compacted pretty smartly. I'm waiting for the Netflix fictionalized show. <laughs> yeah, right. And they could finally get around to talking about Nashville a little bit. You know, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, I couldn't give it five because it didn't say what Nashville was doing at this time. Yeah. I think Jimmy Hoffa was in, like, in, in court during that time in Nashville, right? Yeah. If I remember correctly. <laughs> My timeline might be a little off. And yeah, I did just see The Irishman. <laughs> uh, Joe Pesci's great. Yeah. And everything else is pretty overrated, I gotta say. What about Al Pacino's Hoffa? You know, Al Pacino's fine, but I felt oh. like it didn't stand out from many other performances. What about De Niro's Blue Blue Eyes? No, anyone could have played that role. 
What about that one guy that was the Florida gangster? What was his what was his deal? What's that guy? I can't remember his name. You know the actor who's I think is British but plays like yeah, Italian. It's him. It's him. That was him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't like him. What is his name? Annoying. Joe Pesci is fucking great though. Yeah, he was fan fucking tastic. Yeah, and different than all other Joe Pesci roles, while still playing the same dangerous type of person. Yeah, but with a different personality. He really did knock it out of the park. I would say it's it's a long fucking movie. I think it's worth watching just for his performance. But that's that movie, Robo Kings, seven out of ten Herzogs. Stewart. Did you say Robo Kings? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Robo King. Robo. Remember GoBots? Yeah. I had some GoBots. Dude, what if we start our own, man? GoBots thing. We Robo- need a Robo Kings. Yeah, you're on to some. Let's get started right now, all right? All right. All right, keep on docking. Now look what we have here before us. We've got the Saracens sitting next to the Jones Street boys. We've got the Moonrunners right by the Van Cortland Rangers. Nobody is wasting nobody. That is a miracle. And miracles is the way things ought to be. You're standing right now with nine delegates from a hundred gangs. And there's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members, 40,000 counting affiliates, and 20,000 more not organized, but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now, there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? If you want to get your thing together, brothers and sisters, let's do it together, brother Styles. Right on, brothers? Oh. You know that Frankie's a bad player. 